0: He words earlier.
1: He straight leveled DeAndre Ayton. And he, Beverly is upset because the officials would not call when DeAndre Ayton was standing over Austin Reeves. And he took offense to that because they wouldn't call it. So he took matters into his own hands.
2: Wow. It's Kevin Harlan and Reggie Miller last Tuesday night on TNT, the national game, Suns and Lakers. That was in the uh, final moments of the game. And we know what happened. Patrick Beverly talked about being a foxhole guy. And mm-hmm. I'm going to always have my teammates backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a three game suspension for it. That three game suspension has been served by the way. So Patrick Beverly will be back from his team, but this situation is not over because Patrick Beverly taking a tip from Draymond Green as active NBA players with their own podcasts. Content creation, Bick. Strange. <laughs> Very strange trend, especially in-season, Vitty. Well, those guys got a lot to say at all times, and they want to just make sure everybody's got an outlet to hear them. Uh, Patrick Beverly on his latest podcast. What's the podcast called, Jared? You, is it just the Patrick Beverly podcast? Yes, Pat Bev Pod. Uh, okay. On the Pat Bev Pod uh said that uh the tension with DeAndre Ayton started early in the game. It kicked off at at, at t- it it, it off at uh
1: when we do the tip ball, you know, I shake everybody's hand. I put my hand for, you know, DeAndre Ayton's hand and he don't shake my hand. You know what I'm saying? So like, of course now I'm going to hear like, oh, "Okay, Pat, you push him cuz he didn't shake your hand." Of course, but that's not the case. So something was brewing there from the beginning. Obviously, after he didn't shake my hand, I used several other
2: words at him. Um, can I just say this before we move on? All right. I absolutely freaking love the fact that DeAndre Ayton would sh- would not shake his hand. And that's at the beginning of the game. DeAndre Ayton recently, after the game in Salt Lake City, when mm-hmm. Larry Lowry- Markin went off and had a, a just a tremendous game, there's a relationship between Markin and, and, and Aiton. They're both U of A guys. Mm-hmm. Jazz win the game. The, the cameras capture DeAndre Ayton having a post game word with Lowry Markin, and they exchange a hug. And, and they, the anti Ayton crowd came out with their claws out. Oh, this guy doesn't care about winning. He just cares about being friends. So to hear that, I love the fact that he wouldn't shake Patrick Beverly's hand. Yeah. Because there's a history between Patrick Beverly
0: and the Phoenix Suns. Yes.
2: DeAndre Ayton apparently remembers
0: it. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. Did you, now, did you hear Patrick Beverly swearing at him? I did not. Oh. It gets loud. If they're not right in front of me, yeah, it's, I got you. it's really hard I got to hear. You. Um,
2: so um, here's Patrick Beverly explaining what happened from his perspective and why he made the decision to shove
1: DeAndre. i seen the Austin Reeves play from so my angle. Gets hit in the nose. I see like, and I don't even see like people. I just see like people with other jerseys. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't even know like. So I see Phoenix Sun guy who I see other Phoenix Sun guy slaps balls, stand over him. And I'm like, nah, we ain't having that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I gave him, like, a little body check. You know what I'm saying? Like, a little body check. Like, anything, like, you know, if I was to body check a guy like that in the game, they wouldn't fall over, of course. It was just unfortunate that, you know, AR was laying on the ground. So the bump really threw him off balance, you know, with, 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 you know, and, and tripped over AR.
2: Okay, so he didn't see any players. He just saw opposing jerseys decided to make a beeline for it. By the yeah. way, Austin Reeves um, sold that well. He's, he got a flagrant foul out of that from David Booker. There was very little that was flagrant about that foul. It was a lot of embellishment going on. It happens in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, then there was this. Uh, if you had to do the same thing, would you do it all over again, Pat? Bell? You know, unfortunate as
1: right national TV game. You don't want to you know be viewed as that, but you know that that, that him like you are not going for that. You know what I'm saying? And this. And it's not like you know, come, him, come, f- him, but you know, you know, it's a, you know, I'm team, team, you know, and you can, you know, ask people who played with me, ask superstars that play with me. It's the reason why guys want me on their team, you know, after they heard about the trade this summer. Like, so, like, you know, me, I'm, I'm all about team, team, and like, very unfortunate situation, you know. And if I could play it back again, <laughs> I would do the exact same thing.
2: I tell you, we sample a lot of. He's podcasts. really leaning into that, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's uh, it, th- that one's got to be close to hard to listen to. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: I even cut out some of the swearing. Did you? Yeah, there was a few more working
0: blank hymns in <laughs> I there. Got the blank, blank this, yeah. blank that. Right. So that's interesting to me. When do these two teams play again, Vinny? Um. Well, they're done here. Then the next two will be in Los in Angeles. In LA, that's yeah. right.
3: There's a reason people want me on their team. Very briefly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> December nineteenth. He's been on. listen. I, I I don't think he's wrong about that. I, I do believe that when you have a guy like that on your team, it strengthens your team, and it's it, having a guy who will do that kind of dirty stuff. It, it There's value in that. We all know that. Actually,
2: I misspoke. The next game is here, December nineteenth. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. All right, uh, but it. But to me, the dropping the F hymns on Da now and really leaning into I. I did that because I'm a man. Look, you you pushed a dude from behind. Now I I get I get why there was some concern. Maybe that why maybe that incident has galvanized DeAndre Ayton's emotions and kind of added some fierceness to his play because you don't want to be a seven foot dude who calls himself dominate and getting pushed around by a dude is a foot shorter than you. It's a bad look. Mm -hmm. It's a bad look in a year where you had Damian Lillard come up and yap at you in an end game situation at the free throw line. And I think you put it all together. If Patrick Beverly has lit the fire under DeAndre Ayton, it's a fire that can actually sustain. Then thank you, Pat Bev. Thank you. (laughs) You finally did something good. You finally did something good in your career. I mean, it's again. It's it's. It, there's a direct. There's a direct connect the dots between. And I know DAs had a, a good, long streak of solid play here, but the dominating stuff that happened right after that incident. Well, and remember, I mean, to hear Patrick Beverly say that started at tip
2: off? He wouldn't shake my hand. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton played with an edge all night and yes his uh, the guy that he was going against Anthony Davis played excellent basketball. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on DeAndre Ayton. Davis was in the middle of a historic stretch but there was a lot of yapping going back and forth. It wasn't a passive performance at all by DeAndre Ayton. In fact, he started initiating a lot of that stuff late in the game and I think it was those heightened emotions that led to that 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 scenario. Um, with with Aiton kind of coming over and, and standing over Austin Reeves. And had Patrick Beverly not done that, I think they might have called a technical on DeAndre Aiton, quite honestly. Just on its own. For standing, yeah. just standing over him? That's yeah. something they don't tolerate in the NBA. No, they really don't. When you stand over, no. step over an opponent no. who's down for whatever reason. No. Uh, but Pat Bev said something we can all agree uh, with, uh, both sides of this argument. Uh, it was the officials fault that situation shouldn't have happened you know obviously you know and i'm not gonna
1: get deep in with refs and all that because i you know they have a hard ass job but the referees could have controlled that you know what i'm saying because i know if it's a guy on the ground or steph curry on the ground and i step over him like that guys are coming everywhere to to separate us you know what i'm saying i just you know for certain people i feel like you know you know the the security alert is higher certain people i you know they just you know they just let it go, and I don't. I don't know why.
0: What did you say to the refs right
1: afterwards? I told them they could have stopped that. Y'all could have stopped that. Y'all see the f- going on? Y'all see what's going on? Y'all see it's a guy standing over another guy, another guy who has nothing to do with the play, slamming the ball, walking back over another guy. Y'all could have stopped that. F- you know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't have to police yourselves on the basketball court. Our job is to play basketball. You know what I'm saying? But f- it, they took too long, so <laughs> I took my matters. <laughs>
2: In that soundbite, it's both. It's it's weird because Patrick Beverly is very well aware of his own reputation and completely unaware of it at the same
0: time. Like if oh, I yeah. step over oh, somebody, yeah. they come yeah. and run
2: and break us up because of your reputation. Yeah. They know oh, what's what the damage
0: you've done. Yeah, you know, and the cheap shots you've delivered, right? It's, yeah, and it's not just against the Suns. Well, Ask any other team. I, I thought, uh, first of all, I think Devin Booker cooked him afterwards by basically saying, look, yeah, yeah, okay, tough guy, I'll respect you a lot more if you push a dude to his face. Yeah. Come at a guy eye to eye, then try that stuff, and then, then let's see how tough you are. And and the fact that he was asked about that just the other day, and he's I've got no comment on that. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate any time anybody loses money in the NBA. <laughs> sort of like a little dig and a reminder that the, you know that that incident ended up costing Pat Bev three games. So well, he's going to be back. I, you know,
2: he said too. There's a reason why guys want me on their team. And then, I, and then you look at Twitter and all the rumors about
0: the Lakers shopping Pat Babber, I, I've, I <laughs> Listen, I, I've said this before. Back at the height of the Mike D'Antoni Steve Nash Suns, I, I think it was me, Paul Coro, and Doug Haller. I think we were driving to uh, Staples Center, and talk radio in LA was was they were despondent because they had to reconcile the fact that the Suns actually had passed the Lakers. In the pecking order, mm-hmm. and it was just such a hard thing for them to to wrap their heads around. And I kind of feel like we're back there now. Don't don't forget to enjoy the fact that the Suns team has owned the Lakers as of late. Yes, it's a great thing. Eleven in a row, but it's a great thing. But who's counting? Coming we up, are, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we are. Right,
2: we are. <laughs> Coming up next, uh, the struggles of the Arizona Cardinals have led a lot of members of the national media to pick sides. Who's to blame for all of this stuff with the Cardinals? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Occhin chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
4: Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I think it's always tense with Kyler. Like, I don't think – with Clips always very – like, he's works hard, but it's very chill. With Kyler, it's always tense. So, like, I know we all – I mean, including me, like, I did a thing on this this weekend. We're all kind of focused on that relationship. I would imagine it's going to be tense with any coach and Kyler because he wants what he wants. He sees what he sees. He's very demonstrative about it. And he's kind of curt a little bit. Like, quick and, like – come on. Like, it's – He's very blunt. You know? Short I not i am not going to say <laughs> short because he's also whoa. 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 He's also no, whoa. Not short. Do you not even. Ian's five four. You're five four. Let's let's remember that.
2: Uh, we played that for you earlier in the week, Ian Rappaport appearing on the Pat McAfee show, uh, because Ian Rappaport started out game day on Sunday with the Arizona Cardinals with Uh, His pregame reporting that the tension between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray that's been evident to some during the season apparently has been smoothed over. They worked on communication Mm -hmm. uh, leading up to the game against the Chargers. This story is not going away. Uh, In fact... With Kyler Murray coming out post game on that fourth and one call, and when he was asked about that that play, the execution after the play call, he used the phrase schematically we were blanked, and
0: people, we were kind of blank, kind
2: of yeah. kind of blank, right? And uh, people are running with that. And yeah. here he goes throwing his coach under the under and the bus again and
0: again. And and to be fair, in in piecing it together now with with all the information, that's not exactly what he was doing. He was just basically saying that particular play got blown up to the point where he had nowhere to go with the ball and nowhere to it it was just in that moment
5: we were screwed yeah that's that's
0: what he that's all he was saying in that moment we were screwed and it wasn't the best words to use to describe that feeling though no no which
2: uh, i'm not i'm not faulting kyler murray's talking you know he probably spontaneously
5: didn't realize that people were going to read into it myself included the way that we all have with the tension that exists between him and Cliff Kingsbury. Well, and, and I think it was all
0: but I thought it, I thought it was refreshing from the standpoint that at least Kyler was being very honest and very real uh-huh. and, and very open about what went down on that thing. Now, it's easy to extrapolate that because they schematically uh, on that particular play, they they could have been anything but bleeped. By just giving the ball to James Conner. Yeah. And it's and so so like you pointed out yesterday, there's so many different layers to that particular play that, that are just so wrong that it, it kinda led to the conclusion that it deserved, mm-hmm. if you will. And so so I do think but I do think that again, a lot of people read what Kyler Murray said post game as just willingly throwing his coach under the bus. And you know, I've heard this a couple of different times. It's not the vibe you get when you're there listening to him in real time. True he's just a different dude true uh but again
2: the national media running Mm -hmm. with this uh and and basically taking sides on cliff versus kyler is what they're turning it into emmanuel Acho, fs1 speak for yourself i can't stand the arrogance that kyler murray speaks with like what
6: has he done in the national football league not in college in college bad man won a heisman what has he done in the national football league to speak with that kind of pompous arrogance be 7-1 and one as a starter through eight games last year and then get hurt, collapse down the stretch, and be atrocious in the playoffs. Be 4-8 and eight thus far in his career in this season. Be a losing quarterback thus far in his career through four seasons. What has Kyler Murray done in his career to speak with that kind of arrogance? Maybe schematically you're not screwed. Maybe you're screwing the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, because Colt McCoy looked pretty decent in his first start this year when he went out there. Offense was running on time. Now against the San Francisco 49ers, the best defense in football, he didn't look great. But, Kyler Murray,
2: maybe it's not the Cardinals. Maybe it's you.
0: Hmm, thoughts on that? Oh, um, yeah, I think that's a, a kind of a simplistic approach. I, I think th- so I think clearly Kyler Murray's got a role in this. And and I and I think that there's definitely been been regression this year. Um, the the arm talent, the mechanics, they were very poor earlier in the year. They weren't really good last week at the end. Um, so I, I again, I, I but but I but I don't know how you separate one from the other. I don't know how you separate the lack of development from Kyler Murray from the people developing him. And so I think there's fault everywhere with this whole thing.
2: I think and- so, too. Um, but on the other side of it, you've got national media members on the, on the flip side of the coin. James Jones, not the Suns president of basketball operations, the former Green Bay Packers wide receiver, was on the Up and Adams uh, show with, with Kay Adams. And he says, it's not Kyler, it's Cliff. They're
6: chewing him out on the sideline. they coming out, you know, in the media saying crazy, crazy stuff in the media. And it's not just Kyler. You know, it's a lot of the players. And you're not going to get guys to go out there and battle for you and, and ride for you if you don't have the respect for them. And any little thing that goes on with the Arizona Cardinals, right? Right it's always stuff like this that comes out. Right. It's always them, you know, getting at Cliff Kingsbury, and that lets me know, man, that the, the head coach ain't got control of the ship, and that and that's a problem, so I'll
2: put this on Cliff. More on that from James Jones.
6: I would have to be on the player side, and I'm not necessarily just saying Kyler Murray's side, I'm saying the player side, and I just do not think Cliff Kingsbury has the respect of this football team, and as a head coach, when you don't have the respect of a football team, you're not going to get the best out of a football team. And you talked about it, Kay. right? This team has talent Mm -hmm. across the board, right? But it's starting with the guy that's running the ship and that's Cliff Kingsbury. And these guys do not respect Cliff Kingsbury as a head coach. And you see it. What do you what do you make of that?
0: Yeah, I, again, I think there's I think that might be fairly simplistic as well. I think there's elements of truth in that as well. I, I do think it's it's a fascinating dynamic, if you ask me, because I think as a person, the room would have no issue with Cliff Kingsbury because they do understand he's reasonable and humble and uh-huh. and, and not you know grabbing for power and and flexing all the time and screaming and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure players really dig that, but at the same time. Uh, if if there's no getting out of this hole in the sense that the head coach is bringing no tangible answers, then then yeah, I think then then there is a lack of respect. So so to me, I think it, it it all comes down to the fact that there's got to be a change somewhere in this dynamic because this quarterback has got to get better. This quarterback has got to be in an offense that maximizes what he does very well because what he's good, he's a game changer. Yes, and we've seen that. And when he's bad, he's really bad. And it's I, I, again his comfort level in this offense. The fact that it t- it still takes a long time for plays to get run and the ball to get snapped. I think a lot of that might be on Kyler. I think we. I think maybe he freezes a little bit because when he gets to the line of scrimmage, he doesn't see things the way that that a veteran quarterback like Colt McCoy happens to. Uh-huh. But I, I just I think that this is this is one of those things where the future of this football team is going to rely on developing this quarterback and, and getting these rough edges off of him and getting him a guy that that he does respect i look i i find it very interesting i don't know about you but it's the stuff that comes out about kyler murray for all the stuff that, all the grief we've given hard knocks for for erasing stuff and downplaying stuff and not covering stuff the one thing they chose to give us was very damning on kyler murray the Exchange with DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Yeah. When you look at that, when you dial back out of that, you say, okay, what, what is that, who does that scene hurt? That scene hurts Kyler Murray. It does. And that's probably leading to a
2: lot of this anti-Kyler sentiment. And I, I agree with you. I think what, what James Jones said about Cliff Kingsbury, I, the use of the word simplistic, I think, is an accurate way to describe it. Because you, uh, the first thing to go when a team doesn't respect a coach is the effort. I'm not playing hard for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's a short timer. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Outside of no. a couple plays the 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 play, the Kittle touchdown in the San Francisco game was was bad effort and Hard Knocks did show Antonio Hamilton reacting to that and, you know, how, how many mistakes he made in that game. He was getting on himself. But I haven't seen a across-the-board oh, lack of
0: effort from this team. You are so, so right about that. Sports, af, from all the teams I've covered, they know in the room if a head coach is scrambling, if yeah. a head coach knows he's losing his job, and they must not be getting that vibe from Cliff. Yeah, uh, because that's the first thing to yep. go, usually. Yep, yep, yep. Uh,
2: Coming up next,
0: Sarah will help us get
2: through the big stories of the day with a Rush Hour reboot. That's next, and Marotta mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
5: With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in nursing into your busy day. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Balance online coursework and in-person, local clinical, practicum, or immersion hours as you work towards graduation while leaving room for what matters. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Friends, I'm Sarah kazell with the latest from the Arizona Sports Desk, presented by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. We have the Suns and the Bulls tonight in downtown Phoenix. Chris Paul is still out. This will be the 11th straight game he has missed with what the team is calling a sore right heel. The Suns' GM James Jones, who is also now the president of basketball operations, he told Arizona Sports yesterday that CP3 is close to a return.
6: Chris is—he's close. He's coming back. He'll be back. I, I can I can't tell you he'll be back tomorrow, but uh, he's he's been looking good.
5: Close-ish, perhaps. The Suns and the Bulls tip off at seven tonight, Arizona time, and you can hear the game on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7. To college hoops, some strife in the ASU men's basketball program right now. Marcus Bagley tweeted yesterday that he has been suspended for a tweet he sent earlier this week. In that original tweet, Bagley wrote that his lack of playing time this season has nothing to do with his health or his basketball abilities. Instead, Bagley claims that his time on the bench is 100% punishment for something he said to head coach Bobby Hurley earlier in the season. You can read the details now on ArizonaSports.com or you should just stick around for the Rush Hour reboot. We will discuss it coming up next. And in soccer, the U.S. is on to the knockout stage in the World Cup. They took down Iran yesterday 1-0 with a Christian Pulisic goal in the 38th minute. They're set to play the Netherlands in the round of 16 Saturday at 8 a.m. Arizona time. The latest is brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. Chevy trucks are known for their legendary dependability and capability. And right now is the right time to find your next Chevy during the Black Friday event Going on now at your Valley Chevy dealers. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
4: Rush hour reboot. Rush hour reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams.
5: Welcome on into the rush hour reboot here on Bickley and Murata mornings. Every single day at this time, we get you caught up on all of the biggest stories of the day in Arizona sports and beyond. And I am Sarah Kazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey. Ooh, some extra spice on that one with Fitz yeah. Murata. <laughs> well, hello. And Jared Carlin.
2: Nickelback is Canadian Creed.
5: <laughs> True. We didn't even get into that
2: debate yesterday.
5: No. Nickelback is Canadian creed. We'll have to bring that into uh, social studies today. It got spicy. Did it? Oh, yeah. In the uh, Twitter mentions. At Bickley With we'll Imagine Dragons bye. catching a lot of strays. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. I don't know, but they should. They absolutely should. All right. The Arizona Cardinals are on their bye right now. Uh, week 13. That's the latest that the Cardinals have ever taken their bye, by the way. They've got five games left this season. Is that hard for you guys to believe? Five games? games left does it feel like the season has gone quickly or slowly or both quickly so, it happens so. that's
2: something that happens every year regardless yep, of the cardinals are good or not you wait forever for them to play and once week one kicks in it is just a blur
5: yeah wild all right yeah, it, so- it,
2: it also is weird because
3: it feels like the nfl and nba seasons run parallel mm-hmm. but the nba season isn't is like a court only a quarter of the way done right. and the nfl season's almost over yeah
5: yeah so again, five games left for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, yesterday we very briefly ran through the rest of the Cardinals schedule to hunt and peck for a win or two. Uh, let's let's get back into that schedule. Monday night football on December twelfth, the Cardinals host the Patriots. Week fifteen at the Broncos. Week sixteen, hosting the Bucks on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas to you, Dan Bickley. Week seventeen, <laughs> they're at the Atlanta Falcons, and then their final game, week eighteen, at the 49ers. How many more wins do the the Cardinals get this year. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Again, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks, yeah. Falcons, Niners. I'm comfortable saying
0: one. Yeah, yeah, same. And here. I'm
2: looking at. Uh, I'm looking at the Denver game. Even though that's on the well, they're they're a pretty good road team.
0: Yeah, the Denver game looks yeah. definitely winnable. I I think they can beat the Patriots if their offense can execute at a level. That, you know, we haven't quite seen yet. That's but one of those the 49ers though, game and that Buccaneers mm-hmm. game, I don't think either of those are going to end well. The next game, the, the
2: Patriots game, I agree with you. Like, we've talked so much. If the Cardinals just scored fill-in-the-blank amount of points, they would have won. I think that's a, a relatively low number mm-hmm. for them to reach in the Patriots game because of their challenges offensively, but... I mean, you can't you can't ever be comfortable saying that with a four win team. No, so, yeah, I, I'm no, looking at can't. the Denver game, and I'd be somewhat pleasantly surprised at two more wins.
5: Okay, so you mentioned a four win team. The Cardinals currently have the number seven pick. In the 2023 draft, which I hate that I even just muttered those words, but they are currently positioned per tankathon to have the number seven pick next year. Uh, do you even want the Cardinals to keep winning? Do you want them to move up in the draft order, or would you like to see them piece together a few more games?
0: Oh uh, yeah, no, I I think I I would like to see I would like to see this whole thing get on a higher level moving forward if 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 that's possible.
5: High level, that's what they're aiming for. Play on a high level. <laughs> yeah, that is their that's goal. Right.
2: Another uh, bingo card item, definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, it's hard for me. I I, I I see the logic in once you're basically out of the playoff picture, not winning any more games, improving your draft stock. That's always been a really hard sell for me. Um, you, you know, you the, the part of being the fan uh, being a fan is you want your team to win mm-hmm. sure that's one of the reasons I, the whole thing. I, I that's one of the reasons I love college football there's never any tanking in college football. There's never any, you know, pot Plus, of gold on the other side of that rainbow, unless they're trying to get their coach fired. Well, right, and that doesn't happen very often.
5: Yeah. So Except are you telling me Eastern Michigan me that U of A wasn't <laughs> taking oh, 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 the last oh, oh, couple years? Yeah, is that we are saying Vince. I thought that's what they were doing. We no, went, they, they were tanking? just
3: terrible. We were We went the first several years of a decade without winning a game. So they,
5: they tanked for cowing and T Mac.
3: When there's when you don't when you're a team that doesn't need a franchise change in quarterback in the draft, the tanking thing doesn't make as much sense to me.
2: Yeah. True. Uh, by the way, there's a uh, Dane Brugler mock draft on the Athletic Ooh, this morning. As okay. the Cardinals picking seventh, I guess he's projecting a little bit there. Yeah, Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from the Ohio State University. Wow.
5: Okay. Wow take us to Paris. Okay, Uh, Let's get to college basketball. There's there's some interesting stuff happening around the ASU men's program right now. Marcus Bagley tweeted yesterday that he has been suspended. This has not been announced by the team, but this is what Marcus Bagley tweeted, that he has been suspended for a tweet he sent earlier in the week. In that original tweet earlier in the week, he said that his playing time, or his lack of playing time rather, is 100% punishment by the head coach Bobby Hurley. It has nothing to do with his health. It has nothing to do with his basketball playing abilities. Uh, here is how Bobby Hurley, who was on our show yesterday, addressed Bagley's absence from the court.
3: To get a chance to talk with him concerning his tweet um, and his other tweet about being healthy, which is fine. He's been in practice, so we know he's healthy. It's, I think it's a, it's a byproduct of other guys playing well and, uh, and and just not having an opportunity to get him out on the floor. I mean, if that's all it comes down to. You know, we have a stacked perimeter, and, and right now There's just no minutes for him.
5: Okay, so that was yesterday morning, and then yesterday afternoon is when Bagley tweeted that he had been suspended. He sent another tweet. Bagley keeps tweeting. He sent another tweet that has since been deleted, but I was able to screenshot it before it went, and it said, athletes, please, please, please make a well thought through decision where you go to school. These people will tell you anything to build you up just to tear you down. What do you guys think of the situation, and do you think we ever see Marcus Bagley? Uh,
0: step no, on the I, no. I think uh, I think as Vinny said moments after that interview concluded yesterday, I think we've probably seen the last of him. It just seems to me to be wholly inappropriate to come out and admit in a tweet that you went up and had words with your head coach, that you regret things you should not have said, and yet then spin that same tweet <laughs> into something blaming the head coach. Yeah. Okay, that is quite something. He there, turned there, himself into the victim. Yeah. yeah Trouble. Exactly.
2: I got in trouble for opening my mouth, so
0: now I'll just open my mouth, mouth in a so social I, media. Right. Stand. So now I'm just going to air more dirty laundry and I'm double down. Well, again, and it's you don't have to be old school to think there has to be some level of respect a player shows his head coach. Yeah. You can't roll up on a head coach and just say anything.
5: Yeah. At first, it looked like he was taking accountability at by first, being like, I ran my mouth, right. I shouldn't have done that. But then he just kept tweeting. Yeah, and, and so it's it's unfortunate
0: because from from the halftime, who was the first team that they beat in New York City? I forget already. VCU. Yeah, at, at halftime of that game, everything has changed for this basketball team. And they've been a really good story ever since. Mm-hmm. And it's just a shame that uh, he's
2: making Mar- it about him. The Marcus Bagley experience has been just that for ASU, an experience. It was... It was a coup for the program to get him. Yeah. Um, His first year in the program was the year that college basketball was just an absolute disaster because of COVID. They didn't get a lot out of him last year. I remember them getting ready for their Bahamas tournament. We talked to Bobby Hurley, and I is Marcus Bagley going to be? He won't be on this trip. Hopefully, we'll have him back soon. He never played again. Yeah. He's played 17 games in two and a half seasons. It's been frustrating. Um, I think he's handled it poorly um but i i think what we heard and what we probably seen from Bobby Hurley was just him throwing his hands up and saying what else can i do yeah, yeah. at this point you, yeah. got, you got to move on at some point
5: yeah uh, the sun devils are 6 and 1 by the way with pack 12 play starting tomorrow they're at colorado tomorrow night and then they host stanford on sunday
2: yes Thank you, Sarah. We are all rebooted. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at uh, 7.30. Coming up next, we'll uh, stick with ASU. We'll talk about ASU football. There's a new feeling around the program with a new head coach, Kenny Dillingham. Some thoughts on it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley. Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata
4: Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When you talk about a person and a family that's rooted here, that's me, right? And my, fa- my my whole family's up here. My wife, Bree, mom, dad, sister, brother, brother-in-law who coaches high school here. My little son Kent, my my father, and uh, I don't know where my, Kent is, but he's over there. But there he is, father-in-law, mother-in-law. There he is, holding him up. But I mean that. I mean that. And sorry, I'm emotional, but this is special. This place can be special, and it is special. We're going to hire people who believe in it. We're going to put our hearts into it, right? And we're going to maximize every drop that we can get out of it. Right, and this
2: is my dream job. That is Kenny Dillingham, the new head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, That was Sunday morning at his press conference, and you know the timing of it is weird. You know we're we're so wrapped up in NFL season, we had the you know Big Red Monday with the Cardinals, so we haven't given a lot of uh, time or discussion to the Kenny Dillingham hire. Um, But there's this new feeling, Vic, and and, Mm -hmm. and when you go back and you look at how this feels different from the last coaching hire that Arizona State made. You know, there's obviously still questions. One of the questions is, is a 32-year-old ready to take on this job? We will find out. But that's a pretty normal question. The last time around for Arizona State, because of their their thought to reinvent the wheel as as far as college football programs, how they're supposed to run, how they wanted them to run, Do you remember all the weird questions that came out of that hire? Those are gone, and that—that that to me is just a weight off shoulder. The shoulders for everybody: the administration, the coaching staff, the players, and certainly the fan base. Because you know, people are—you know—hey, the, the Sun Devils hired Kenny Dillingham, the offensive coordinator from Oregon, up and comer. Good hire. They move on. It wasn't like they dug up a guy from from ESPN who hasn't coached college in thirty years. What what are they yeah. doing over there? Yeah.
0: No. So I so I think that when you when you if you laid out boundaries of what you hoped and would hope that ASU would do, you would hope you would get a guy with a lot of energy, a younger guy, an up and coming guy, a guy that knows the market, a guy that doesn't have to be prepped on ASU's history, doesn't have to be told the mascot is a devil, <laughs> a sun devil, all that stuff. So. And, and so I, and I think with all the things that he said, uh, hit the ground saying, are, are right on the money. I, I don't know why in the past more ASU football coaches haven't harped on how great the weather is here during football season. Mm-hmm. I mean, of, of all sporting calendars, our market most benefits football players. And so there's that. And, and then there's the fact that if you can build a football program around certain tangible elements that launch your players into the pros that's another winning strategy and and so so I like the fact that in instead of instead of harping on where these players are from it's it's a focus on where I'm going to send you where I'm going to launch you it's it's it becomes a matter of where you're going mm-hmm. and and I know there's a lot of people who get hung up on the oh we can't lose these homegrown recruits and and I think that's very easy to say inside a market. And yeah, if you get a fantastic five-star player, you would really hope that the hometown school gets a shot. But I, I got news for you. The best football players in America are going to go to the best football schools. So this idea of having to blanket and smother Arizona, to me, it, it only is going to get you so far. So I think you've got to be really good in California uh, because there are a lot of leftovers there to be had, and I think you've got to be able to, to be smart and the way you market it, and the way you present it, and the way you sell it, and and you've got to kind of you, you've got to let the you've got to let young recruits know that ASU football matters. And sometimes you sometimes you get on this campus and it and it, it doesn't feel like it does in Tuscaloosa. It doesn't feel like it does in in normal college towns. And so you need a guy who who really kind of feels it, who feels the attachment to the program. Because if you don't feel it, you can't sell it.
2: Yeah. Well, it, this guy feels it. This he guy's does. Lived it. He told a story at his press conference about nearly getting hit by a car in Lot 59 tailgating when he was a kid. I mean, that's a kid that that's lived it. It mm-hmm. doesn't. You hear coaches say it all the time. This is my dream job. Todd Graham said that. Did anybody believe him? No. 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 I believe Kenny Dillingham. I you're do You're right too. about all of this, but one thing that will remain constant, and it doesn't matter what happens in NIL and Transfer Portal and all of that stuff, when it boils down to recruiting, it's not about, yes, it is about NIL, but the best players are going going to go to the programs that win the most games. And that's still possible. And... You know, in terms of these local Blue Chip recruits that have been fleeing and going to other programs, where are they going? They're not leaving Arizona and going to Tulsa. They're going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. They're going to Ohio State. They're going to all these other schools in the SEC. They're going to Texas A&M. We've seen that happen. Why? Because those programs win a lot of football games. That's what it boils yeah. down to. And, you know, for the last 5 to 10 years, ASU's program hasn't been good enough to keep those players at home. So that's that's about maximizing ASU. Here's Kenny Dillingham about uh, uh, that subject. You know, He talked about it in the previous soundbite, maximizing what they have. Here's the plan. You
4: want to win at the highest level? You want to maximize this place? We need everybody in this room, positive things. Positive things. We need everybody in this room to get involved. If you don't know how to get involved, how do you get involved? This is one of the biggest metropolitan areas in the country. <laughs> it's growing at a rapid rate. We need the valley behind us. We need the state behind us. We need butts in seats. We need everything that this valley has, all
0: in.
2: Because I am, and he's he's right. But this is very. We know this, and I think deep down, Kenny Dillingham probably knows this too. ASU's football place in this sporting market has become a, you got to show me. We're not just going to show up every week because no. you know no. it, because the, the guys in maroon and gold are playing football. That's the way it was in the seventies and the early eighties mm-hmm. when I when I moved out here. You couldn't get a seat to ASU football. The mm-hmm. town basically shut down when the Sun Devils were playing. Mm-hmm. The landscape has changed. They didn't carried have the Cardinals yes. down
0: Mill Avenue after they beat Nebraska. Listen, it, it's a professional sports market now, and it's dominated by the Suns and it's dominated by the NFL and it's dominated by the Cardinals and everybody else is kind of scrambling to hang on. And Mm -hmm. this is this is yeah, uh, this is one of the things about ASU football. There's there's a real powerful nostalgia there if they could ever kind of ever break through that they could tap into very much like these recent playoff runs from the Suns. They've tapped back into something very powerful, generational in its nature. And it's there for ASU football, too. But they've got to be really good. Really
2: good. Absolutely. And all that being said. As we speak right now, I love this hire. I love everything I heard from Kenny Dillingham on, mm-hmm. on Sunday. You know what's funny is he's so
3: young that he wasn't even part of their heyday. Like, he wasn't even really, you know, a fan. In, he wasn't a fan in the 70s and
2: 80s. Well, I mean, no. and And the last Rose Bowl team was 96. That was 26 years ago. He was 6 years right. old. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might have seen seen those teams play, but um yeah, it's exactly what what he said was exactly what the Sun Devil fan base needed to hear. And I think a lot of donors to hear too. When somebody stands up in the middle and Nap Lawrence stands up in the middle of the press
0: conference and says I want to give a million dollars to the collective, that's pretty effective stuff. And yeah. that, and that happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And it's, again, I think that from an ASU standpoint, you had the Todd Graham hire, and they spent a couple of weeks kind of trying to tap down all that stuff coming from Pitt and all that all that collateral damage from the pit fan base who Job were, Hopper Right Job Hopper how dare you vagabond character great character and then Carpet the Bagger. Then the Herm Edwards thing they spent a couple weeks defending how you know oh this really isn't as crazy as you think yeah, you don't understand what we're trying to do right. we'll show you Yeah right right well so, they showed us <laughs> Yeah well so so I think that so at least at least there's that there is there isn't unexpected, unwanted PR damage uh, attached to the hire. Yeah, absolutely. no, it's all good. Yeah. They can hit the ground running with this I, guy, and they have. I agree. Yeah. Uh, coming up next, the uh, eight o'clock
2: hour kicks off as only it can with the Bickley Blast. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Oaktown Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.